Hello and welcome to My VA Dayton, coming to you from Dayton, Ohio. This is the show where we talk to veterans in the Central Ohio region to share their stories and share what's happening at the Dayton VA. I'm Scott Lease, your host with co-host Greg Tucker. We have with us today a U.S. Army veteran from Springfield, Ohio, Jim Ryan. Jim is a retired manufacturing supervisor at International Harvester, which is now Navistar. He is also an active Springfield VA Clinic Veterans Stakeholder Committee member with the Dayton VA Medical Center. While in the Army, he served as an Army Light Infantryman. Welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. We are glad to have you here with us today. So before we get to know a little bit more about you, Jim, we're going to put you to the test. That's right. It's time to play Don't Tell Me, I Think I Know That. This is the game where we put our guests to the test of their knowledge of military trivia. It's also a game where our listeners can play along uh, to see if their minds are mired in mounds of military minutiae as ours are. Are you ready to take this challenge, Jim? We'll see what happens. I think you're going to do great. So uh, since you're an Army veteran, we actually tailored these questions specifically to you and your military career. Uh, here's your first question. Uh, what is the U.S. Army a derivative of? Would it be A, the Spartans, B, the Continental Army, C, the Land Army, or D, the Cowboys? The Continental Army. That's correct. Great answer. Yes, yeah, so during the period of 1777 to 1781, the Continental Army of the United States adopted the British Army practice of seasonally drafting light infantry regiments as a temporary unit during active field operations by combining existing light infantry companies detached from their parent regiments. Okay, here's your second question. An attribute of light infantry involves A, overpowering the enemy, B, tanks and Humvees, C, speed and mobility, or D, seek and destroy? Speed and mobility. That is correct. Another good answer. So, yes, light infantry units lack the greater firepower, operational mobility, and protection of mechanized or armored units, but possess greater tactical mobility and the ability to execute missions in severely restrictive terrain and in areas where weather makes vehicular mobility difficult. So here's your third and final question. Are you ready? Sure. All right, this is the toughie. The United States joined World War I as A, an observer, B, arbitrator, C, power broker, or D, associated power. Associated power. You are spot on. Three for three. So, yes, the United States joined World War I as an associated power in 1917 on the side of Britain, France, Russia, Italy, and other allies. U.S. troops were sent to the Western Front and were involved in the last offensives that ended the war. So, Greg, what is Jim one for playing our game today? We have a set of four Dayton VA industrial strength chip clips designed by NASA aerospace engineers to keep your snacks fresh at home or wherever you may be traveling in the near future. All of this is compliments of the Dayton VA. Thank you very much. So congratulations. Yes, you did a fine job. Three out of three questions right. And you get those 
terrific industrial strength chip clips. Watch your fingers. They are powerful. I bet you've seen those before, though, haven't you? And I have one or two of them already. Oh, well, now you've got the full set. All right. Take those home to the missus and enjoy. So we're going to take a quick break now. When we come back, we'll hear more from Army veteran Jim Ryan about what he's doing these days and his experience in the Army. When I left the military, I had an issue with my hearing. I never had it checked then, but it continued to get worse as the years went on. I went to the VA. They helped me receive a disability rating so that I was eligible to receive care at the Dayton VA. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet, and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. To enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov. And we're back with Jim Ryan, an Army veteran. Uh, so, Jim, uh, tell us what you're doing these days. Well, now I'm serving as a Clark County Veterans Commissioner, five of us. Uh, I do that. I'm on the Stakeholders Committee for the Community Seabock and Spring. Von Reinhardt, she's the one who got me involved in this, I believe, unbeknownst to me. Uh, <laughs> and then I spend a lot of time with my granddaughters. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us what it is to be a commissioner. What you know, what 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 does that involve? Well, we're responsible for the running of the veterans office. We've got a director, but she can't do anything without our approval. <laughs> and we, you know, uh, one of the other big things we do: people come in and apply for financial assistance right. because they can't pay their bills for one reason or another. We go through every one of those and approve or deny or mm -hmm. change what we're going to give them, whatever. That's one of the biggest things we do. But we meet every week, once a week, short meetings, hour, hour or so, discuss whatever. Today we were talking about buying a new vehicle. And, uh, and so tell us what kind of services you offer. We provide transportation to the Dayton Hospital, VA Hospital. We provide transportation now to the clinic in town. We're going to start providing transportation to outpatient services. If you have to go to another doctor and can't get there, we're going to do that, which we didn't do for years. Uh, you know, we have financial assistance programs. If you can't pay your bills for something not due to your own fault, we'll help you there. And it's not too often that we turn anybody down unless we know they're blatantly lying to us. And if that happens, they're sanctioned. They don't ever come back. Uh, but we have to go through, you know, we're starting our budget process for the next year already. So they've started that this morning. So we've got to, you know, get with the county commissioners. And they always want to reduce what we want. <laughs> that doesn't always happen. Right. You know, right. So you're you're a really big advocate for out there in the Springfield area of uh, getting all what, those resources right. for veterans. We are. Yeah. So we do a lot. I mean, it's you know when I applied for the position, I thought it was just a volunteer basis. You know, we get compensated, but not much. Okay. But we are slightly compensated. It's a five-year program. Once you you know, are appointed, you're appointed for five years. And at the end of that period, you can, if you want, try to you know, re-up for it or decline and let somebody else have it. But they have to have three people from your organization apply every time it comes around. Can't have two, can't have four, has to be three. Okay. You know, and, and don't ask me why. That's just the Ohio Revised, the Ohio revised Code states mm -hmm. that. So, And that's per county, correct? Yes, there's 88 counties, and they all have right. five commissioners. And so if uh, if a veteran is seeking um, help, where where would they turn to? They'd come down to the office, the, the Clark County, or in our case, the Clark County Veteran Service Office. Right, and where's that located? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me something like that. It's on, it's on South Fountain Avenue, but I'm not going to give you the address. It's right across from Marriott. Okay. It's in the old county building, city building. Sure. Uh, we've just recently moved. We were on the other side of the building. Now we're on the 
We were on the west side of the building, never on the east side of the okay. building. Okay. And would it behoove somebody to make an appointment with you beforehand? Yes. And well, of course, they can walk in. If there's somebody available, they'll see them then. But usually the girl, you know, the office manager, she'll make an appointment for you with one of the service officers. Right. We have four service officers that you can see. And they're all very good at their jobs. Very good. Right. So uh, how would how would somebody make an appointment? Should they call in? It's, is, easy, is good... it's easy to call in first. And, say, and... They can walk in. The door's open. You know, they can walk in. If there, there's somebody available, they'll see them then. But the landmarks where your office is Right. On? It's on the corner of, really, it's on the corner of Fountain Avenue and, and High Street. Okay? Okay. Right across from the Marriott Hotel. It's easy to find. Got a big parking lot on the south side of the building, so parking's not a problem. Yeah. Uh, there's actually there's also a coffee shop on the corner of the building that you can stop in there and get coffee, baked goods, or whatever. Get you uh, Joe and some service from the yeah. from the county. Yeah. So um, you know you you probably see a lot of veterans over the over the course of a week or the time that you've been spending there with the with the VSO. So what has been one of the most rewarding experiences you've had? Well, the, it's nice to be able to help veterans who need help. I was fortunate enough. Always to be gainfully employed, didn't have to go looking for help from anybody like that. So that's what I want to do was help other veterans yeah. that aren't as fortunate as I am. I had a great job for a number of years, so it's, it, it's just rewarding to be able to help somebody who needs it. And most people that come in do need it. Now, how did you come about uh, becoming a commissioner? Well, I belong to the Military Order of the Purple Heart, so that's the group I represent. And the gentleman who had the job before me. So I applied when he came up for a renewal, and uh, the judge picked me, not him. So how long have you been with the uh, commission? This is my 10th year. So I'll be up for reappointment come December if I decide to do it again. Now, I know every year you all uh, do the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Memorial Service. But that's got nothing to do with the VA office. That's just simply our organization that kind of mans that. Of course, we've got the Memorial Day Parade coming up. They're going to dedicate a new, the, the old cemetery downtown this uh, May, what, the Saturday, what was that, 27th maybe, of mm-hmm. May. Uh, and the MOPH is supposed to be there to, pardon me, to participate in that along with the Marine Corps League and I guess a drum and bugle corps or somebody's going to be there. So it'll be quite an event, I guess. Right. Now, Jim, are you a native Springfield? All my life. Okay. Born and raised. Okay. So, what was your inspiration or motivation in joining this service? I didn't join. It's back in the day when Uncle Sam said, we want you. Okay. I got drafted back in 1966. Okay. But uh, no, I didn't volunteer. I mean, I knew I was going to get drafted. Okay. And I thought about volunteering. And I thought, no, nah, I'll take my chances on two years. You know? Okay. So you were drafted. Um, what did you do in the, in the service? Like I said, I was a light infantryman. Okay. For a short period of time. And and where did you go as soon as you were drafted? I went to Fort Benning, Georgia for my basic training. Then I went to Fort Polk, Louisiana for my infantry training. And that was really nothing more than jungle training. And then off to Vietnam. And where were you, where were you in Vietnam? In Mekong Delta. And what did you do there? Light yeah. infantry. <laughs> Light <laughs> infantry. Right. But, yeah. but what was the experience there? Mm-hmm. It was short-lived, thank God. I was only there 55 days, and five of that was the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I got shot and sent home. Mm-hmm. But the first, I think, two weeks I was there, I didn't have a weapon. I had to wait for somebody else to get shot before I could get a weapon. 
So oh, the, okay. For, so uh, they were shy on the armory at, at that time. At yeah. that time, and, and and when you first got uh, stationed there, so, I, yeah. so you were you were waiting waiting for a so I was a doing, weapon so you could do the job, huh? Yeah, I was doing garbage duty and. Yeah. So tell us about that experience, about uh, how you earned your Purple Heart in Vietnam. We were on what they call an Eagle flight. And uh, that's where you board helicopters. And we had five areas we were going to check out where there had been purported, reported enemy activity. And the lieutenant told us that morning that we're going to see some stuff today. You know, So the first area we started to land in, we took on fire. So suddenly I became airborne jumping from the helicopter, only about maybe 10 feet up. Then the rice paddy just kind of sink down pretty deeply. And the lieutenant told us, get online, fix bayonets, and charge. I thought, this is not going to be a good day. Hmm. And as we were charging, my buddy, his rifle jammed. So I had a rod to try to get it unjammed. As we were doing that, we both got shot. Oh. Both got shot in the right thigh. Uh, I thought I got Trapped on something in the back of my leg. That's where all the pain was, but that's where the bullet came out. Ah. His leg literally shattered, and it was, it, you know, Luke's fatigue pants are. Mm -hmm. uh, not on him. That leg had just expanded to the point the only thing wow. holding it in at all was the fatigue pants. Yeah. And I basically got up and walked to the helicopter. They came right, those helicopter pilots are amazing. I mean, they came right back in the middle of that firefight and picked me up, took me out and, and him, and took us out of there. And they're sitting ducks. And they come mm -hmm. right down there and get you and get you out of there. Right. So then I spent you know five days in the hospital after I got operated on. Only five days there. Yeah. Then I went to Japan. Okay. And operated on again there and spent six weeks there because they lost me. They put me in the wrong ward. I should have gone to a ward to be sent home, but that ward was full. So they put me in a ward with a bunch of amatory people. Mm -hmm. On the weekend, I'm the only one in the ward. Everybody else is gone. Mm -hmm. they, to, they get passes to go to Tokyo, and I'm laying there. You're still convalescing, yes. Yeah. Well, I was at a cast from my armpits to my toes. Right. So I was packed for shipment home. By the time they finally, after six weeks, and they finally shipped me home, I got back to, uh, where'd I go? Valley Forge. Okay. And uh, the doctors there said, you've been in that cast too long. We can't do anything with you now. So they left me in that cast for a total of 12 weeks. Oh, wow. And, and they said, we're finally going to take you out of that cast. So we can get some good pictures because all they could do was get a view straight down at my leg. They couldn't mm -hmm. get a side view because there's a bar between my legs, so they couldn't get the plate. And uh, put you in a straight leg cast. I said, okay, we'll let you get a bath. I had had one for one. Bet you, bet you really enjoyed that <laughs> bath. Yeah. They yeah. Took, cut that cast off of me, and I never smelled anything so bad in my life. Mm. Well, two months of rice paddy showers. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then six weeks in that cast. So the, that was enjoyable. Took two guys to get me in, took six to get me out. I, I wasn't coming out. But, uh, Don't blame I, you there. I, you know, I laid in bed the next day, and here come the doctor and said, we're not putting you back in the cast. You're going to start physical therapy. In fact, here she comes now. Yeah. So I went to physical therapy twice a day for, God, I don't know, weeks. You know. Right. Finally, when I was able to get around well enough, they sent me home on leave for 30 days. Then back to the hospital. Uh, it was Better be in Vietnam. <laughs> right. So um, that was the end of your military career, right? No, I had to finish my two years. I went down to Fort Knox, Kentucky from there. And uh, the company clerk was also from Ohio, but from Mason, Ohio, which isn't too far away. So we became pretty quick friends. And uh, he told me the supply clerk was going to retire. Did I want the job? Well, I can't type. He said, they'll send you to school. I said, I'll take the job. <laughs> so 
I went to see the top sergeant, and he said, you'll be the clerk? I said, yep. He said, you start school tomorrow. So I went to typing school and became the, company, the supply clerk. And that was <laughs> interesting, to say the least. So I basically ran the supply room for the last year of my service. So typing, for, for a lot of our listeners, they may not realize how vital a skill that was back in the day before computers. <laughs> right. And and one wrong keystroke messed up a document. As but the opposed, problem yeah. was I learned to type on an electric typewriter. Mm-hmm. When I went back to the supply room, got an old 1910 Underwood that <laughs> took a hammer and a chisel. A to manual, get the, yes, a yeah. manual typewriter. <laughs> so my typing skills went out the window pretty quick. I, mean, so I became pretty much a hunting pet. I'm not even sure some of our listeners could even uh, understand the difference between a manual and an automatic vehicle <laughs> yeah. in the car, let alone a manual typewriter. So uh, my, so. my typing skills kind of went out the window pretty quick. Yeah. But, you know, every, you're just typing forms, really, so it wasn't critical that you were a real typist anyway. Right. So after your military career is over with and you're returning back to Springfield, right. how was life? I didn't see what a lot of people complained about, you know, about not being welcome home and being cussed at, spit on or whatever. I didn't experience any of that. I think Springfield was a small enough community, and I knew enough people that knew me before I left and anything that mm-hmm. I didn't have that problem. In fact, when I flew home from the hospital, I had to fly standby. You know, well, the first night, I couldn't get on a plane, so I spent the night in the airport. They got me on the first flight out the next day, and when I got back to Springfield, they made everybody stay on the plane until I got down the gang. That's when they had the old steps. Had to, before I went down the steps and into the terminal before they let anybody else get off the plane. Mm-hmm. So I, when I was some guy on the, I'm the last one to get on the plane, some guy sitting in a row where there's nothing in front of you. He said, here, you sit here, I'll go back here. So he gave me his seat where I could stretch my leg out. I mean, I saw nothing but good treatment. And a lot of some of my friends say they right. didn't see all that. But yeah, not I, everyone else was so lucky. <laughs> but yeah, I regard, didn't have any problems like that at all. Do you attribute that to Springfield and Ohio uh, being that kind of community? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Springfield. Springfield's a nice little town. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of course, the problem is now there's nothing here. You, know, you don't have a department store. You don't have too many. If you don't have a restaurant on Beckwell Avenue, you don't have anything. Right. <laughs> well, small small towns have suffered quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the it, it's harder and harder for those smaller communities to maintain what they used to. Uh, families are more mobile now and, and people are going uh, more and more to uh, big city living. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's one of the great things about small life uh, or small town life is that you do still live in a community where everybody knows one another and supports one another. And that's, that's a great thing to Actually, be able to say, "Yeah, I live in Springfield, and, and or even in West Southwest Ohio. It's a it's a great area." So we're going to take a quick break uh, for right now, and when we come back, we'll hear more from Army veteran Jim Ryan, and all about his experience with the Dayton VA Medical Center. This is a message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. If you were exposed to toxic substances while serving in the military. A new law called the PACT Act may make you eligible for additional benefits and care. The PACT Act benefits veterans of the Vietnam era, Gulf War era, and post 9-11 era who were exposed to toxic fumes, burn pits, Agent Orange, radiation, and other environmental hazards. Survivors of toxic exposed veterans and veterans who served in specific countries in Africa, the Middle East, and Southwest Asia are also potentially eligible. Learn more about the PACT Act by going to va.gov pact or by calling 1-800-MY-VA-411. We at VA are here for you, and we're ready to get you the care and benefits you've earned and deserve. 
I'm Mike Richmond. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to bear true faith and allegiance. To help you when you're in need. To be considerate and caring, courageous and strong. To tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. For better. For worse. In sickness and in health. To love and cherish. To be your loving, faithful friend, partner, child, parent, neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran experiencing mental health challenges at maketheconnection.net. And we're back with Army veteran Jim Ryan, uh, also a Vietnam veteran, also a uh, Springfield VA Clinic Veteran Stakeholder Committee member. So, Jim, tell us a little bit about your experience as a Stakeholder Committee member. Well, before COVID, we would meet at the clinic and and we'd have fundraisers. We'd have, we'd, well, at the old clinic, we had a hot dog roast outside one time and and uh, try to get people to come to the clinic and see what it's all about. But with COVID, everything kind of got shut down. Mm -hmm. So now we meet online. We have an online meeting once a month with Yvonne Reinhardt, who's the director of our program. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have different people come, from, usually from the VA, to make presentations to us about what's available for us to take back to our office you know, sure. and, and share with the other people. To share with the veteran community right. there in Springfield. And, uh, uh, and, and what kind of information do you bring uh, to the stakeholder well, committee? Well, it, it depends. It's, you know, we've talked to people from mental health, people about being homeless, you name it, we talk. Absolutely. But it, basically what you're doing is taking the concerns of veterans to the leadership. Of the right. Because a lot of people don't Center. realize what all the VA does for you. Right. They have no idea. And what we try to tell veterans, and I, I tell everybody I know, if you've never been to the VA office, you need to go. Although I keep saying VA office, we are not a VA office. Mm -hmm. We're a Clark County service office. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we file claims for the VA, but we mm -hmm. <laughs> once it's filed, we're done with it. Right. You do so much more than just for the VA, or for, certainly for the Dayton VA there at the at that right. office. Right. But they're uh, one of the, you know, they're one of our big reasons we're around. Okay. Absolutely. And and that's what I was going to say is that uh, while you do so much more, it you guys are instrumental in helping get to the veteran community in your area. Uh, all the, inf the information that veterans need to know about veterans health care and about the Dayton Medical Center as a whole, but also the Springfield Clinic, in right. which, you know, there's there's a lot of folks out there who may not realize that. Uh, that while we have a, a main campus in, in Dayton, we actually have four uh, what we call community-based outpatient clinics or VA clinics uh, in, throughout an 18-county region. And and I, I have to say thank you to you, Jim, for being a part of getting that word out to um, all the veterans in, in your area that you're responsible for. Uh, tell us about if you know at all about how things are going with educating veterans about the PACT Act, about the Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxins. No, I can't answer too much about that. I know we have pamphlets in the office. So if somebody comes mm -hmm. in and has a question, you know, we give them a pamphlet or the service officers have just been to training about the PACT Act. Right. Okay. So they can answer the questions. That again, above my pay grade. 
<laughs> but you know what? We had a conversation off off air about you know the fact that you're a Vietnam veteran, and that um, you're not even sure yourself. Uh, but but that that actually that's actually telling the story about how how very few veterans are even aware about not just what the PACT Act is, but if, if they even know about the PACT Act, that especially for some veterans like from the Vietnam era, uh, that now they have um, the opportunity to get expanded health care uh, that may not have been afforded to them before because of uh, their exposure to Agent Orange or other toxins for and, their services. And that is very true because yeah. myself, you know, I've been diabetic for years. And I got compensation for that because mm -hmm. of Vietnam. But at the time, now I'm starting, well, I'm not starting, I'm develop, I've developed neuropathy. Mm -hmm. At the time, that was just considered part of diabetes. Right. Now it's a standalone Absolutely. compensation. So I've yeah. applied for that. You know, so I guess I do get something. And same right. thing with hypertension. You know, I've had high blood pressure for years. That, again, was just part of diabetes. Mm -hmm. Now it's a standalone Right. So it, it's what we call presumptive conditions. Right. It's presumed that if you have this condition that it, it, it very well could be or, or frankly is presumed to be connected with your military service right. and now affords uh, care that uh, folks were not given that, that care before without being able to come up with a, a definitive service-connected disability. Yeah, the VA is not going to come to you and tell you you're eligible for this or that. You've got to ask the questions. Right. And in fact, my diabetes, I was, mm -hmm. the guys, some of the other guys in the Purple Heart told me, hey, you got diabetes, that qualifies as a disability right. from Vietnam. Yeah. And I said, well, it's hereditary. And they said, man, you don't know that. You know, my parents, my dad had it, my mm -hmm. grandmother had it. But, you know, I applied and it's automatic. And while some of those things are hereditary, there are certain things that trigger those hereditary conditions. Right. And, and quite often it's got to do with military service. You know, you had um, mentioned that the VA does uh, not always do it the, the best job in educating our veterans. But that's kind of what we're here for today and why you have your job there as a commissioner is to help spread that word. But it, it's very true that some of it is incumbent on the on the veteran themselves to go out and um, and research. And that's right. what we actually encourage everyone to do is to go out and, and do that research. There's a wealth of information, especially in regards to the PACT Act, which is, again, the uh, promise to address Comprehensive Toxins Act that the president signed in uh, legislation for this last fall that is actually opening up healthcare to veterans who have been exposed to toxins in all the way back to Korea, to Vietnam, post 9-11 conflicts, et cetera, and a whole list of uh, presumptive conditions of many, too many to mention right here, right, right now, but that we encourage everyone to go to va.gov slash pact. Uh, that's again, that's www.va.gov gov slash pact to go out and look at the the windows of service and the presumptive conditions to help determine whether or not you uh, would be uh, eligible for uh, additional care or and it's not just health care it's actually compensation as well in, in many cases uh in in regards to the pact act so and that's why you know i said that i wasn't eligible for anything i actually am because that's why i applied for the diabetes uh, right not, not the diabetes that was a long time ago but for the neuropathy and the mm -hmm. hypertension absolutely because of the pack absolutely and and you know a lot of a lot of guys think that yeah it's hereditary or that yeah. it's come on long after my service uh but yeah it's time to go back and reinvestigate that mm -hmm. and say yeah this is something that qualifies me well, for I've been getting diabetes. Care and compensation i've been getting compensation for diabetes for a number of years 
Okay. Absolutely. I was smart enough to do that 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. So when did you start going to the VA for your health care? You know, well, actually, I, of course, went to the VA when I first got out of the service for my injuries I received in Vietnam and got compensated for that. And then probably 35 years ago, you about right, yeah, I was diagnosed with diabetes. And uh, shortly after that, I went to the VA mm -hmm. and said, hey, so 35 years. And so has it always been with the Dayton VA and the Springfield Clinic? Right. And so what has your experience been with that? Very good so far. I had hand surgery, uh, what, 10, 15 years ago down at the VA hospital. Mm -hmm. Never treated so good in the hospital in my life. A lot of people complain about it. I, I had nothing but praise for what those people did for me. Right. I, I was laying there waiting to go to surgery, and a young man came in. So I'm like, laying there, the uh, anesthetic, okay? So he rattled off what, how it was going to work. Blah, blah. I said, okay. And then we moved to another area. This guy comes out. I'm going to explain the anesthetic to you. Okay. It's like he's reading from a script because it was identical to what the last guy just said. <laughs> then they moved me right outside the operating room. This woman comes out. I'm going to explain the anesthetic to you. I said, they just told me twice. I'm the one doing it. I'm going to tell you again. <laughs> and she was word for word what the other two guys had just said. Yeah. And that's exactly the way it went. And, I, and some nurse afterwards, guys are kind of in and out during the surgery. I said, well, I talk to you. She said sometimes. <laughs> not, not making much sense, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, they were great. You know, yeah. Back you down know, there for treatment afterwards. Yeah. And talking to veterans, that's that actually seems to be a common <laughs> theme that uh, quite often it's not just good care. It's too much care. Well, it's, <laughs> it could be. Go away. Leave me alone. But, yeah. No, they were, like, okay. They, they were just good. want to make sure you are taken care of and that you are educated. Yeah. Because and I go down and use the hospital now for yeah. The, the dermatology clinic. I go there about twice a year. I've got a little skin cancer problem. Mm -hmm. They sent me outside one time to because I had some on my face, which they don't take care of. They send you to another place in Dayton where the people are dermatologists, uh, plastic surgeons. Mm -hmm. They took a spot off, two spots off my face, and you don't know where they are. <laughs> I do, but you don't know where they are. Yeah. They don't, they're not visible. You know, they did a really good job. Great, great facility. I mean, they, that's what they do. They'd send everybody down there mm -hmm. because they aren't skilled enough to do that stuff. So in, in dealing with veterans, as you often do uh, in your position, what do you tell veterans who are apprehensive about using VA health care? I don't have, I don't tell anybody. It's, it's always been good for me. I've got mm -hmm. no complaints. You know, the doctors at the VA clinic have always taken good care of me. They got everything right there. You don't need to go anywhere else. Right. You know, One say, stop take, shop. Yes. Yeah. Some people say it takes too long to get in. I said, nah, it doesn't take that long. You know, now you, you don't really call and get an appointment the next day, but you can't call your own doctor outside and get an appointment the next right. day. Exactly. So I have I've got no complaints whatsoever with my and I tell other people the same thing. I've yeah. had good treatment. Biggest thing I tell veterans, if you've not been to the VA, you need to go. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I don't think so. I can't think of anything. This has been a nice experience. You guys have been great. And I say that tongue-in-cheek about Greg, but... <laughs> 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 Absolutely. I say the same thing. So we just want to say thanks again to uh, Jim for joining us today. Uh, it's great to hear stories like yours uh, from veterans here and in the Southwest Ohio region. Thanks again for joining us, Jim. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Veteran service organizations, often known as VSOs, offer many services for veterans and their families. To learn more, go to va.gov. When I left the military, I had an issue with my hearing. I never had it checked then, but it continued to get worse as the years went on. I went to the VA. They helped me receive a disability rating so that I was eligible to receive care at the Dayton VA. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet, and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. 
to enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Scammers exploit chances to commit fraud, like predatory law firms offering to get veterans and their survivors VA benefits. Report suspected fraud at VA.gov. We want to say thanks again to our special guests for taking time today to share their story. We truly enjoy hearing stories from veterans from across the region and learning more about how they found care through the Dayton VA Medical Center. And as always, we want to thank our listeners for joining us and remind them if they are a veteran and are not enrolled, to enroll with the Veterans Health Administration to receive health care benefits through the Dayton VA Medical Center. It's easy and it doesn't cost a thing. You just need to be a veteran. The simplest way to start enrollment is to call our Enrollment and Eligibility Office at 937-268-6511, extension 4105. They can schedule an appointment for you to come to the Dayton campus or help make an appointment at one of the surrounding community-based outpatient clinics located at Springfield, Richmond, Lima, and Middletown. Again, that number is 937-268-6511, extension 4105. Veterans may also enroll by visiting www.choose.va.gov slash health. While there, you can choose from applying online or by phone or by mail. It's just that simple, really. As I said before, it doesn't cost a thing to apply. So what are you waiting for? Call us today. Or if you know of a veteran who is not enrolled, have them call to start taking advantage of this benefit. If you're a veteran, it's your VA. Sign up today. Join us again for another episode of My VA Dayton with the Dayton VA Medical Center. Our episodes drop the 1st and 15th of each month. I'm Scott Lease with your co-host, Greg Tucker. Thanks again for listening to My VA Dayton.